Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is John Van Lunen, and you are listening to Treasures of the Outer Banks, episode 25. In this episode, I am flying solo, and I'm going to be talking about campgrounds. If you want to go camping on the Outer Banks, I'll be talking about some of the places you can pitch a tent or park your RV. Uh, The Outer Banks has the National Park Service running four campgrounds, uh, and that's part of the Cape Hatteras National Seashore. I'll talk about those places individually. I'll also talk about some of the mom and pop places. I won't talk about all of them, but I'll talk to you about some of the ones that I have visited firsthand. And some things that you might want to know before you plan your camping trip is if you're pitching a tent, you definitely want to find some long tent spikes because the soil is sandy and we often have high winds in this area. So unless you want to see your tent go cartwheeling across the campground, you probably want some nice long tent spikes to keep it firmly attached to the ground. Some other things to think about are firewood. If you go to a a campground and start rummaging around for firewood, you may come up empty because as I have learned, especially if you come in the late season, all the firewood is, all the dead wood has probably been picked through and gone by then. Um, But places like Food Lion and 7-Eleven do sell firewood most likely. Um, So you might want to think about that. Groceries. Uh, groceries can be much more expensive, especially on Ocracoke Island due to its uh, location. Grocery prices are through the roof down there. I, I would strongly recommend buying a lot of your supplies before you come to the beach. Mosquitoes. Uh, mosquitoes uh, breed in the wet soil and wet marshy areas um, that we are surrounded by. And especially, I can definitely vouch for Ocracoke Island campground. When the sun goes down, all bets are off. Those mosquitoes are coming back and they're probably going to go after you pretty hard. So know that mosquitoes are an issue on a lot of the campgrounds around here. If I were picking out a campsite at one of these campgrounds, a couple things you might consider. One is proximity to the ocean or whatever body of water that you want to access. Some of them have excellent location right across from the Atlantic Ocean. All you have to do is walk over a dune and you're right there. Uh, that might be good. I might steer away from uh, common walkways uh, because you'll just have people walking by your campsite all day long. You might want to steer away from the bathhouses that come with a lot of these campgrounds. You don't want to be sleeping at night near that door opening and closing all night long. If it is a windy forecast, you might consider finding a more protected campsite, you know, whether it be trees or bushes, whatever. So those are a couple of helpful tips right there. Another thing is open fires. Now, I don't know the rules from the mom and pop places, and I'm sure they're all a little bit different. The federal places do allow open fires. They must be below the high tide mark, and you must get a permit. There are some rules, but I will have a link to that uh, site on the show notes that you can uh, tap that and, and figure out what's going on. Some general notes about the National Park Service campsites. They are all mostly pretty basic, uh, cold water showers, a pad to park your car, a small area to pitch your tent. Uh, They come with a camp, uh, they come with a picnic table, and they come with a grill, a charcoal grill. Um, They're all pretty much standard like that, so just, just know that. Also, the National Park Service requires you to uh, pay online uh, with a credit card. The, this is something they went to during the pandemic, and I 
pretty sure they stuck with it since then. So just know that you're probably going to need uh, a cell phone and or credit card to book your to book your campsite. The private the mom and pop places I'm not quite sure what they are what they're doing. The National Park Service does have a website that you can reserve online. I've uh, added a link to that in the show notes. So starting from the north and working my way down, just know that uh, there are no campsites, or I should say there's no Park Service campsites in Kerala, Korova, Duck, Southern Shores, Kitty Hawk, or Kill Devil Hills. You don't hit the first one until you hit the southern tip of Nags Head, which is the Oregon Inlet Campground. The Oregon Inlet Campground, like I said, is pretty basic like all of them. It is open year-round. Some of our campsites are not open year-round, but that one is. Uh, they do have water and electrical hookups. It is right across the street from the Oregon Inlet Fishing Center, which is no relation, although it is on uh, park property. Um, that is a place that does offer uh, a free dump and water station for your RV, should you have one. It's also a place that has a boat launch, and it also has a kayak launch. Uh, you know, if you're bringing toys to the campground, a surfboard, fishing rod, uh, kayaks, you know, sometimes the ocean is a little rough for kayaks, or maybe you're feeling a little intimidated, well, at the Oregon Inlet Campground, you can go across the street and launch your kayak over there, and you can find some nice, semi-protected, marshy areas to paddle around in. It is underneath, and most of it is underneath the Route 12 bridge right there, so... It's not super peaceful and quiet, but it is a chance to get out on the water. And there's some pretty cool areas to explore down there. And like I said, they're fairly well protected from the wind and the waves and the tides. Know this, Oregon Inlet has a very strong current that comes in with the tides or out with the tides, depending on the time of the day. It, I would not ever recommend taking a kayak into the actual Oregon Inlet ever. <laughs> um, motorboat struggle in there. Um, swimmers drowned in, in that area. So uh, stay away from the actual inlet, uh, whether you're swimming or boating. That's Oregon Inlet Campground. Uh, rates are $28 per night. Going across the bridge into onto Hatteras Island, uh, the first town that you hit is Redanthe, and that starts the what they call the Tri-Village, Redanthe Waves and Salvo. There are a bunch of mom and pop places there, as there are all over Hatteras Island, quite frankly. But I'm a little familiar with Camp Hatteras, which is one of the first ones you hit. I stayed there several years ago, and it was only one night, so I wasn't able to enjoy all the amenities. But I went back and started looking at their website to do a little research for this podcast, and I realized this place is a nice little diamond of a place. If you want to go to Hatteras Island or just the Outer Banks or whatever, and you don't want to rough it too much, and you don't want to pay a 1000 bucks a night for a house or anything like that, Camp Hatteras would be a pretty good option. If you have an RV, it's an awesome, awesome option. They also have uh, little cabins you can stay in, or you can obviously pitch a tent. They do have an indoor heated pool, which I'm pretty sure may be the only campground with an indoor heated pool, which is very cool. They also have an outdoor heated pool and jacuzzi. They are also on the Pamlico Sound side, so you could camp either on the Atlantic side or the Sound side which is kind of cool. They do have a clubhouse, game room, communal kitchen, a dog park, which is kind of cool, a fencing area to let your dogs run around. It is open all year. Uh, they do uh, this, the, the rates are very seasonal, so be sure to you know, go to their website, which I've provided a link on the notes. 
check it out, make a reservation. And I think that has a lot of upside to it for you to enjoy. And also being right there in the middle of the village, you know, you can hop on a bike and just ride around and go to restaurants and maybe find some other activities to do. Just a door or two down is Cape Hatteras KOA. They are also open year round. They have a nice big pool, outdoor pool with a hot tub. They have a nice locker room. Uh, they, they also provide tent, RV, and cabin access. They have a snack bar open all year. Again, the rates are very seasonal. Be sure to check out the rates on the website, make a reservation, highly recommend it. But those places are almost side by side. Uh, great options if you're on a budget or just don't wanna uh, go too crazy um, in the summertime. Let's see, working my way down south, you have to go all the way down to um, Cape Point, which is in Buxton. It's, I mean, you pretty much see the Hatteras Lighthouse from the Cape Point campground. This is a park service area. I, I, as I was doing the research, the one thing I continually saw in pictures and found was this is a wet campground. It is literally on the point where uh, the elbow of Hatteras Island is juts, juts out into the Atlantic Ocean. So it's a very low-lying area, and every time they have a hard rainstorm, it seems to uh, you know, do some minor flooding in this campground. There's many pictures of people's cars parked in you know large puddles. Um, the rate there is only $20 a night, which I, I'm a little confused about that. It's the one inconsistency with the uh, park service areas. But maybe it's because, you know, it floods a lot. It is only open seasonally. It opens uh, April 7 this year and closes November 27. And, you know, you, you kind of start to see with a lot of campsites and, and businesses, you see that consistent theme of opening up right around Easter, more or less, and closing either around Thanksgiving or Christmas. So uh, that's what they're doing right there. Uh, def again, check for reservations, check for, you know, availability. You know, I would be cautious about placing reservation at this place because there's the chances it'd be underwater. But, you know, um, obviously you can play by ear. The other thing about this place that might be interesting is that it doesn't seem to be super convenient to the ocean. The ocean seems to be just a little bit of a walk, whereas as opposed to Oregon Inlet and Ocracoke, you can literally camp on the other side of the dune, on the west side of the dune, you know, get out of your tent or your RV, walk across the dune, and boom, you're on the ocean. This place at Cape Point seems to be a little bit of a hike, so uh, maybe not a great place if you have little kids and you got a lot of toys. So going a little bit further down, you hit Frisco, the town of Frisco, and there's a mom and pop place on the sound side called Frisco Woods Campground. I have stayed there several times, and I can say that I really like it. Uh, you know, could it be a little fancier? Is it as fancy as the places in Redanthe? No, but it still offers me a lot of cool stuff. It does have a general store where you can buy, you know, some basic groceries and supplies. It has sound front camping. And that was kind of the cool thing, too, is like you could pitch a tent just feet from the sound side uh, waterfront, which I thought was cool. <laughs> One year, a long time ago, I, I actually camped in the bed of my truck. I just rolled out a sleeping bag in the bed of my truck, backed it up to the water's edge and just slept under the stars. Uh, they have a bathhouse with a pool. Um, they also have cabins with electricity and AC. The cabins do not have bathrooms and they do not have kitchens. So you probably cook outside on a picnic table and you have to walk over to the bathhouse to use the facilities for that. They do sponsor some events. Uh, they're kind of 
community-oriented. And some of the other mom-and-pop places do have events. I shouldn't leave them out. But I know uh, Frisco Woods Campground has uh, events for Easter, Spring Fest, Oyster Rose, Fall Fest, Halloween, Thanksgiving, uh, Hay Rides with Santa, that type of thing. It is a great place if you are, you are a kiteboarder or a windsurfer. Uh, because it's right on the water. You're on Hatteras Island. It's, it's got nice shallow water, I mean, for yards out. So you can walk your gear out and just, you know, uh, water start, beach start right there. Um, so definitely very cool. Um, I believe they're, they do have hot and cold showers, um, unlike the camp, the park service areas, uh, which only have cold showers. They, I'm pretty sure they had heated showers at, at uh, Frisco Woods Campground. So uh, definitely a place to check out. They are also seasonal. They open March 1, close December 15. Uh, rates vary with the season or what kind of uh, facility you're going to rent out. Just a few minutes uh, down from Frisco Woods Campground is the Frisco Campground from the Park Service. Um, again, like the Park Service, very basic. However, this campground has amazing views of the Atlantic Ocean because it's it spreads a little more away from the shore. You can kind of go up on the dune, and it's a developed dune. It's, it's a stabilized dune with vegetation, shrubs, and stuff like that. But once you back up from the ocean a little bit, you get up on the dune, you just have this amazing panoramic view of the Atlantic Ocean. It's, it's really impressive. Uh, there's a little bit more vegetation and trees, uh, so you feel a little bit, you get a little more seclusion at this campground than maybe some of the other campgrounds. Unheated showers, no RV hookups, and it is seasonal. Open April 7 to November 27, and tent rates start at $28 per night. So from Frisco, it's only a few minutes to the very tip of Hatteras and the ferry, the free ferry. You can hop on the free ferry and head over to Ocracoke. Ocracoke has another uh, park service campground. Um, it's $28 per night. It is open year-round. Showers are closed for the winter until April 1, and the showers are unheated. It says they have one heated bathroom, so take that for whatever it's worth. I've stayed here a few times as well. Um, you know, nice, nice clean place. The one thing I would mention is that it's a few miles from the village of Ocracoke. So, you know, if you're at the campground, if you're at the Park Service campground, you're pretty much just on the outside outskirts well on the outskirts of the village and you know walking in biking in is not really an option unless you're just really into you know getting some road time in um, you pretty much have to hop in your car so if, if you need supplies you're going to hop in your car and, and and run to the store into the village or something like that or you just want some basic entertainment besides the ocean um, so just know that but it is quiet. It is a popular place to go, especially with the North Beach Outer Bankers. They, they tend to go down there in the droves on uh, Memorial Day weekend and have a really good time of it. If you want to go in the village, you have to find some of the mom and pop places. I stayed at German's campground one time. It is behind a convenience store right at the beginning of the village. And, you know, it was different for me. I had two boys with me and a dog. And I will say we were in a tent. The place was right behind, like I said, it's right behind a convenience store. The convenience store has a gas station. And the one thing that I think soured my experience was that at one o'clock in the morning, you know, and I, I should back up and say, I really don't sleep that well in a tent. You know, it's just, you know, just not my thing. Um, but I'm in a tent and at one o'clock in the morning, 
somebody at the gas station decides to turn on the uh, the car vac to vacuum out their car at one o'clock in the morning, and it felt like it was ten feet from my head. So. I wasn't really thrilled about that. If you were staying in an RV, probably not a big problem. I will say the campground is super tiny. Uh, it was spring break when we went, so we were able to find a nice little quiet corner of the campground. But I could imagine if it was fully booked in the middle of summer, that you'd practically be sitting on each other's laps. Um, it did have a, a men's bathroom, you know, kind of bathhouse kind of thing, and a women's bathroom, bathhouse. Um, I, I'm not sure how crowded that gets in the summertime and peak season. Um, you can walk around the front of the store, go inside, you know, grab a breakfast sandwich, maybe a lunch sandwich, supplies and stuff like that. So you have some options there. And you can walk into the village from that location or rent a bike or a golf cart and, you know, do whatever you want. You know, just because I didn't have a fantastic experience doesn't mean everybody else couldn't. And when I did research, I did not see a lot of negative reviews. Uh, in general, I think people enjoyed it. It's it's a, an affordable, easy way to get into Ocracoke and not spend an arm and a leg, and everything's right there. You're pretty convenient. I will say anybody that's going to Ocracoke for a vacation, um, unless you're at the Park Service campground, the beach is forever and a day away. It's, you know, if you're in the village, it's not it's not easy to get to again you're probably gonna either bike it or drive it uh, to get to the beach um, so just know that that's really not a thing the next campground I I have not stayed at but I've done a bit of research and uh, some of my friends stay at it is that that is teeters campground they're open from March 15 to November 1 10 sites start at $30 a night which is very reasonable RVs are okay they have electric water and sewer. Um, location is excellent for this place. Although I say that and the next sentence out of my mouth is they are right next door to a cemetery. If that freaks you out, obviously you might not enjoy it, but you know, it's one of those old historical cemeteries. So probably not a big deal. From that campground, you can easily walk to all the eateries and all the cool places that you need to get to in Ocracoke. And again, doing my research, a lot of positive reviews, very few negative reviews. Um, again, you know, the, the journeyman's campground and the teeter's campground don't have all the amenities that the places up in Rodanthe have, but you know, I think you're paying to, like you get, I said before, you're paying to get into Ocracoke and hang out affordably, not break the bank and, and still have a good time. And most people go to Ocracoke to, you know, go out to the restaurants, have a few beers, relax, have a good time, you know, socialize with friends. And I get it. That's cool. So that is my review for a bunch of the campgrounds on the Outer Banks. If you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me at john at treasuresoftheoutermanks.com. I can say that I have either been through these places or researched them pretty well. And I've been to, I've stayed overnight at almost all of them. And I think they're all, you know, just fine. So I hope you enjoyed this most recent episode. And until next time, make it a good one.